This is the talk of Music City Real Estate. Welcome back to another episode of the Talk of Music City Real Estate. Where we educate and motivate all things real estate. My name is Monty Moore with Realty One Group Music City. Hey, and I'm Carrie Ann with CMG Financial and my mortgage team. Every week we'll be posting a new episode chock full of Nashville real estate value. Yes, and you can follow along and subscribe at talkmusiccity.com. Got questions for us? Ask away at questions at talkmusiccity.com. Monty. Carrie Ann, it's uh, such a pleasure to see your smile today. Oh, it's today. good to see you. Super mortgage woman in the universe. I love it. And we've, we've got a special guest today. I know it. I know it. I'm excited to hear about this guy because he seems, sounds like he might have a handle on what all of us need, and that is staying control of this thing on top of our shoulders, uh-huh. our mindset. Is that true, Gabriel? Sedlak, welcome. Gabriel Sedlak. Very kind. Thank you for inviting me here. This is wonderful. And that was so buttery smooth, that intro. I, You could have kept on going. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, well, but, we're excited to have you. You know, you are a man um, that is into a lot of things, all successful things, which is exciting. And I'm a big believer in one kind of is the foundation to another, and it kind of builds and builds and builds. Um, but one thing we're going to be talking about today, which is huge, like you said, Monty, is all about mindset and leverage. And I think that's super important. It's not even just in real estate, right? It's in all different businesses. All businesses. That's their main problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so excited to kind of dig into that. But a little bit of your background, Gabriel, I know that you um, have multiple different, you know, facets that you're that you're in, but um, the main one that you focus on? Well, the, the little history there, um, four, what was it, 14 and a half years ago, I get a phone call. Okay. And a friend says, hey, buddy, you got a minute? I want to pitch something to you. There's an opening line. Write that down. That's a great opening line if you want to get uh, your message by. I said, yeah, what you got? And he basically presented a direct sales opportunity to me. We didn't know that that meeting at the coffee shop was going to set into motion the whole company and create the success that it has today now on four continents. Wow. So it's been a lot of fun. And the company was Rodan and Fields at the time, 14 years ago. Wow, wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. And that has kind of given you the momentum and the power to be able to do a lot of exciting things. Um, yeah, that still amazes me, Gabriel. Can we just pause there for a second? Because that's that's a significant company out there. It is, yeah. And you here, live here locally? Mm-hmm. That's pretty incredible. I mean, you created something that's changing people's lives. Still. That's changing generations. Generations. I mean, generational wealth kind of thing. Well, the interesting story was my wife. So I get the call and she goes, where are you going? And I say, I'm going to go meet my friend John. And she goes, what are you going to do? I said, well, he, he, there's a new opportunity. You know, the word opportunity was yeah. like, you know, be, 14 I, years I, ago. Yeah. I, yeah. 14 years ago, you, right. were the, you were the devil if you were an independent consultant. Right. You, you know, we worked a home-based business. Now you're kind of crazy if you don't. Right. right. It's right. all shifted. And so after the coffee meeting, I came home quiet. She looks at me and she goes, don't even tell me. And she's, she's not the emasculating, you know, verbally, you know, she, she, she trusts me implicitly. She goes, babe, I trust you with everything, but I don't want to hear it. Are you going to do that now? Can you go get a real job? <laughs> I said, I will not get a real job and I will do this until I bring you home. And I brought her home within a year. Oh, really? From the mortgage industry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She was with Countrywide back in the day when right. Countrywide was a thing. And uh, that was 08, 08, 09, and um, we haven't looked back yet. We haven't, and we never miss a moment with our kids, and that's kind of the whole reason for being an right. entrepreneur, right. is you never miss a moment with, your with kids. that which is important. Your family. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Right. Right. That's so powerful. So we're here, we're here talking to real estate professionals, and uh, understand from Mr. Jim McCarthy here that you wrote a book. I did. The book? 
Yeah, it's called Cut It Out. Cut It and Out. It's on Amazon. It has a sword across it. And of course, I'm addressing the industry, the home base industry. But a, a quick, quickly, you realize that it is. It's a universal, but right. more so to the mindset of an entrepreneurial-minded person that decides to wake up every day and have nobody forcing them to do something. Right. Mm-hmm. They, as I said earlier, they they look in the mirror and they win there before they step out Mm -hmm. and that battle the self-sabotage the unworthiness the it works for everybody else but not me all the games that we play mentally uh, are it's so paralyzing that i think it's just it's universal across anything so yes i addressed the industry but i also spoke to the mindset of everything that we do Mm -hmm. it's also interrelated and you know i i i know i think and i just shared this on yesterday morning's call we have a monday morning huddle call and it's the number one reason i believe that there's an 87 percent fallout within the first three years of the real estate professionals experience is because of this right here we've failed to win that battle it's not about interest rate it's not about you know who's running the country or whatever it's about winning this battle here that mindset you know so that's why i really my ears perked up when mr mccarthy here said you know i got a connection here that i think you guys would really enjoy so tell us more That's about very kind yeah well and i'll answer that last bit you're right it's that mindset it's it's waking up as as we say and you have to learn to become a thermostat you cannot be a thermometer right you're waiting for everything else to warm you up that's what a thermometer does but if you're a thermostat you go in and you set the temperature you set the mood you set the mo- like 10 let's, minutes let's, let's, let's meditate in that we for a second okay. let's, yeah. let's, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, 68 degrees say, say that one more time <laughs> Say that one more time. I don't know. That's yeah. my job that I really yeah. enjoy okay, well, right now in the morning. Really important part right here. Well, I say this to men too, and you know, in the marriage specifically, I'm like, look, let's just talk about how God created people. Mm-hmm. I said, you better quit being the thermometer. You need to be the thermostat. You set the temperature. Set the temperature of your house. Do it together, of course. Both of you do it together. But do not wait for everything else. Mm-hmm. You you need to be the thermostat. Your kids will rise to the occasion. Your wife will rise to the occasion. Your 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 purpose will rise to the occasion. But if you are waiting on anything external to shift you, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's not hard. It's click one degree and you miss the moon. Mm-hmm. Right? It's always one degree. 211 degrees is hot. 212 degrees is boiling. Right? It's that shift, and it's the same thing with what you guys are doing every day because you're dealing with people that have right. to go out there and share the message, and how do you get them to want to, even though they need to, they should, financially they should, their family needs them to. Is that enough? Mm-hmm. Not if they're self-saboteurs. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some people that walk in my life that are always so positive. You know, there's one that was here earlier, uh, Miss Joey, and every time I see her, I just... I. I rise above like I'm just I stand a little taller right because mm. she's in my world she's I feel like she always her. walks into every room with the right mindset yep. and she's I literally she sends the temperature because mm-hmm. I I jump to her personality you know where if I was kind of sluggish when she walks in her room you know I'm I'm a little more perked up you know that you, kind of thing you want to meet her where yeah, she's at where she's yeah. at I mm-hmm. think is that what you're kind of referencing it is I, you know we have to remember that we carry that with us it's tangible mm-hmm. when you walk in the room the atmosphere changes mm-hmm. we think it's just thinking it's not I think I can I think I can I think I can no you carry something tangible with you it's a cloak you wear it's a mantle you have on mm-hmm. you and we have to realize the accountability of that because we can literally determine by our presence how people 
and their outcome is because you instigate it. Mm. I saw a quote a while back. It says, be the energy you want to attract, you know, and it's like so true. You right. know, you if you want to hang out with folks that are sucking the energy out of the room, you know, that's what you will, you'll attract if that's what you want to be, right? You've got to remove it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you love them at a distance. But um, So share with us, because there's a lot of energies that are pulling us uh, in our industry right now. The market is one that mm-hmm. is screaming at us from so many different ways. From Like he referenced, whether the rates are higher, buyers are very emotional. They're in, they're out. They're doing the two-step. Um, you know, they don't know if they want to sell. Um, and so there's agents, and there's so many agents. I mean, there's multiples at this point. I think you referenced this, a crazy number. Um, Here locally? Yeah. Yeah. 18,000. 18,000 agents, right? Mm-hmm. Working in a small strip of um, opportunity, um, and the inventory continues to grow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're trying to figure out how I can be shinier than the other, you know, and turn heads, et cetera. So there is a lot of emotion in, in ways that are, are pulling at us that are causing our minds to kind of get off track. What yep. would you address or how, what would you say to that community well i had a man in the music industry tell me something pretty fascinating one day he said uh, he's here in town and um i was having a, a tough time and he goes gabriel come here a minute stop he goes he says i wrote songs that i never got credit for i did business i was on stages that my name was never mentioned on etc he said it got so under my skin because i was comparing myself to everybody else huh mm. how many did you say you're in the, in the, in the 18,000 18, okay so one would say oh it's saturated there's a lot of people i'm in competition as, as, as long as you see the other agents mm-hmm. you're already going downhill you, mm-hmm. you you have to act as though they don't exist they exist but they don't exist and they're not in competition with you because you're not in competition with anybody and he Except said yourself he did, and he so he go, he said, I put myself, my head down. I didn't read the papers. I didn't read the billboards. I didn't read who was number one and who was on the chart. I didn't do that. He said, I put my head down, and I got in my office, and I wrote. And at the end of that time, when he came out that year later, he was the number one jingle writer in the nation, mm. and he held that spot for 20 years. Mm. Stuff like Mama's Got the Magic of Clorox, too. Mm-hmm. You got to run for the border, Taco Bell. Almond Joy's Got Nuts, Mounds Don't. And on and on and on he wrote them. Mm-hmm. And he just encouraged me, quit looking at the other consultants, the other companies, the industry. Is it time for this? Is it time for that? Work on you. You be the shine. What does it say? Let your light so shine. Mm-hmm. The biblical reference. Mm-hmm. right? So when people look at those deeds, they're amazed and they glorify God, Scripture says, right? So you have to be that person to let your light so shine, which goes back to being the thermostat. You cannot be a thermometer because if you're a thermometer, you're seeing the other agents. You're seeing your competition. Mm -hmm. You're wondering how I can give a better incentive to get their business or I can stand differently or I can buy a different pair of shoes or I can go lease a different car. And we think that all of that stuff is the attractor. It does have its element. Mm -hmm. But when you walk in the room or you meet somebody, you're making contact with somebody and, and, and the atmosphere is enhanced because of their presence. Remember, people leave after they have felt what you've deposited on them. They mm-hmm. leave with a feeling. They go, I don't even know what that guy said. I just, wow, I have hope. And every transaction of business, if the person will remember that and turn off the noise, the opinions, the numbers, mm-hmm. your battle is just, it's far less steep to climb. Amazing, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. So let's go back to the uh, book that you wrote. What's yes, the name of it again? Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out, Monty. Cut it out. Just cut it out. It's got a giant so sword. What cut are we cutting out. out 
bad thoughts? What are we, what are we, what are we cutting out? Well, perfect thing I did uh, with Jim. <laughs> Jim and I talked about this. Um, when I was growing up, my, my father, for instance, was a, was a very accomplished, uh, very incredible man. He came from another country. He was 30 years older than my mom. He was the youngest member of the history of Czech Parliament. He was running for prime minister. He spoke six languages fluently. They wanted me to be the president, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It was huge. He was huge politically in the U.S. He was in Auschwitz for six years, three years solitary confinements, death marches, in the death camps, digging the gold out of the people's teeth and opening their heads and putting them in the, into the furnaces. That was his job, right? Ooh, don't want that job. Mm-hmm. Right, and we have to, we have to go there and so, but I, in, because there's crazy and there's evil out there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes evil is not blatant evil, like blah, I'm evil. Sometimes it's it's a subtle manipulation. It's connery that open. It starts to erode somebody's ability to function. That's sometimes more evil. Anyway, so growing up, there's this great figure. He's doing amazing things, and and I'm this little kid, and we're you know we're always at, at all the political parties, and I was at Jimmy Carter's uh, presidential thing, and I was with my, they knew Dr. King and Coretta Scott King, and it was, this was how it was in Atlanta when I was growing up. And then at two and a half years old, everybody got the swine flu vaccine back then, the big outbreak. Mm -hmm. Well, he, the next morning, gets Guillain-Barre. We didn't know this, but he's suffocating on the couch. My mom woke up, ran out, brought the ambulance. They traked him and so forth. Seven years, I lived and played in hospitals and nursing homes, Mm. suction machines, all kinds of stuff. And as a child... I am processing because we have boxes of the literature at the house, original documents from when he did what he did and just all this stuff. And so there was this, this shadow over me like, and even when my mother would get angry and she's been totally healed, she's delivered of this now, she doesn't think like this anymore, but she would say, you can never be like him when you, if you tried. And she would say really mean things to me as a little kid and I didn't, couldn't process it. So here I am looking at this great man that ended up in a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, all greatness ended in futility. And so what difference does it make? It doesn't work out anyway. You can change the world, do something big on the world stage, but something's just going to come. So fatalism was very drawn to me. It's kind of like the bridges, the bridges of Madison County, better to have loved illicitly once than to live in a lifetime not wanting it, or Shakespearean thought and all this stuff and, and, and the ecclesiastical writings. And it would just, I would just be eaten up with this stuff. And so I spent a lifetime, up until like my late 20s, early 30s, I would do great things, be the number one guy, you know, rock beatings, you know, do amazing things. And mm-hmm. I would get right to the edge and I would start self-sabotaging. Mm-hmm. And I would create a system where I was always in transition mm-hmm. because nothing lasted. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would process. So, and I didn't know that I was all the blueprint as a young child mm-hmm. seeing a great man that changed the world, but yet now he's on a hospital bed. So what difference does it make no matter what you do? And it's amazing how children process that. So speaking of the book, I talk about that a little bit, but it's things like that. They don't have to be very traumatic like that. It could be something simple where a sibling was given favor and you weren't. So what difference does it make? And what we find is there's all these little programmable buttons that cause people to self-sabotage, to not feel they're worthy. I know people that can give everybody else a Louis Vuitton handbag, but if they were going to go buy one for themselves, they would go into the biggest guilt trip on earth and they could never do it. Mm-hmm. Right? They'll give to their own demise. They'll bless everybody, help everybody, even to the point of them breaking down, but they will never do anything for themselves. And many times, the folks that come in and grab onto a position and say, I need to be successful here. I'm going to be an agent. I'm going to go forward. I'm going to. They get right to it. They want to. They say yes in the meetings. They come to all the trainings. They dress the part. But when it comes right down to it, they don't feel like they're worthy. 
And so they choose to not engage mm-hmm. because in their heart of hearts, they don't believe that if they really do the work, it will really pay off. Mm-hmm. There's all of these things. So and powerful. That's, yeah. the, that's oh. what I write about yeah. scenario after It's interesting scenario you say scenario. that because, you know, in both professions, real estate and, and lending, you know, it's there's that's for them to succeed, not for me right. to mm-hmm. succeed. You know, you see this often we talk a lot about worthiness to be at a certain you know income level you are worthy of that you are worthy of being able to help someone sell a two million dollar house or even a five hundred thousand dollar house or whichever price point right they don't think that they can do that because that's for somebody else and that's so true um that you that you reference that um there's a ceiling there's an emotional ceiling that they've hit and this house this piece of property this kind of loan this kind of there it is and so anything beyond that no mm-hmm. that's got to be somebody for somebody else, else. yeah it's so and then true the comparison kicks in mm-hmm. and then they always compare somebody else's blue ribbons to their starting line mm. how do you do that mm-hmm. you're done so let's talk through that breaking point because yeah. um you know growing up i would get to number one and then i would crash purposefully i made it all the way to nashville and i purposefully crashed it on purpose you know my my career in that world and i remember in the mortgage world i was starting to move in a forward direction i got a lot of momentum and i saw this big this big award over here and i was like i'm gonna try but i'm not gonna make it like i would talk myself down until there was one day and i said you know i am worthy of being able to be on that stage, right? And you've heard this story a few times, just being from the back of the it. back of the, the stage, uh, the excuse me, back of the room to now the front it of the room. Inspires me. Uh, there's hope for me. <laughs> Do you, buddy? But I think talking through that because there there is a uh, when you break through that force, it is so amazing, and I think it builds even more power. It's just you just have to step over that belief system within your own self that you are truly worthy. Well, it's amazing you, see, you say that. Well, I'm getting then when goosebumps. you see what it was that held you back and how powerless it truly is. Right. You want your ticked off meter to turn on. Because if you can get your ticked off meter turned on, you're, you're unstoppable. You're like, I will never let that stop me ever again. And you just stand on top of it now rather than be buried by it. It's funny. It did take something really powerful in my life um, that I thought was the worst thing that ever happened to me to give me that kickstart, to give put that fire in my belly, um, to get me that ticked off moment in my life that allowed me to push push through and you're right I'm never going to go back there again you know and if I really wanted to feel like I wanted to become great at this sport or great at that you know singing ability if you have enough mindset if your mindset is you can do anything you put your mind to that's what we tell Aubrey all the time you know and you can do that and you can do that in real estate as well you know the decisions of others do not um, change the outcome of our success I keep telling me myself that because I can have somebody leave my team come on my team leave the office you know an agent wants to work with me or not work with me a buyer wants to be with me or not work I can't change that cannot change the outcome of my success well they go know? to another company or right right we see it all the time there's always there's a swinging door in any industry right people come and go some stay some rise to the top and a few do big things Mm -hmm. that is just the math and the clients right they're working with you or they decide to go down the street you know and work with another i mean we see that often right um you gain that listing you lost the listing Mm -hmm. you know back and forth so so share more about how you were able to break through the threshold of seeing the worthiness well one of them was was i have to say it was my wife you know she was a a big a big uh, both of us should never have made it 
she should have been a statistic. Her entire family is complete disaster. And she was like a rose in a thorn bush in the middle of the desert. There was nothing living around it. How did that rose so magnificent pop up in the middle of that? Mm. And it's, a, it's shocking, actually. Total disbelief. And you see this magnificent person. So when she comes in the room, she's just radiant and full of light and hope. And she's got her own story, own testimony about that. We've got to, we've got to, we're going to write a book on that one too. Actually, I met her at McDonald's because, uh, just a quick side note, I met her at McDonald's because a friend of mine gave me a coupon off of a French fry box on the Monopoly <laughs> Happy Me, uh, on the Monopoly game. Yeah. And he says, hey, buddy, if you're ever hungry and you want to go to McDonald's, do you want this? I said, sure. 30 hours later, Hunger hit me. I drive to the McDonald's. I pull in the parking lot. There's this woman. We haven't been a day apart since. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Because of a... So, we're going to write a book called From the Golden Arches to the Pearly Gates. Yeah. <laughs> and all the good. amazing things in our it. marriage. I love yeah. it. Now, was she working there or was she shopping there? No, I mean, she just showed up. She wasn't even supposed to. She passed several McDonald's to come to that McDonald's. She didn't go to McDonald's. So, it was one of those real, you know, divine moments. But, That's great. But her... Um, you know, when somebody believes in you, just like a team, mm-hmm. you guys really do know what it's like to taste success. And you know what it's like to be fortified with, wow, I can do it and break those ceilings. And when your team is coming to you, many times the familiarity breeds contempt, right? Mm-hmm. They'll listen, like, I can say the same exact thing that you guys have said to your businesses, and suddenly it's gospel. But it wasn't when you said it. It's like the kids, you, know, you mm-hmm. tell your kids something, and then the neighbor tells them, and then right. they listen. And a lot of the time it's that, just having somebody believe in you that isn't going anywhere. She wasn't shakable. And in the beginning, I tried to shake her a little bit mm-hmm. because it was a pattern. I'm like, maybe this won't last either. And she wasn't going anywhere and I wasn't going anywhere. Those were just buttons and we both recognized it. But um, I would say it's her. And also, you know, one of the big, one of the big motivators that I want people to get their heads around is when you break through this nonsense and i call it nonsense because when you look back at it you go oh my gosh i allowed that to control my life Mm -hmm. but when you i had a a, many many people have said this but one particular lady said it like this and that's why it's memorable she goes she goes i was always the spouse i was always the mom i was always this but until i took the reins Mm -hmm. jumped into business and began to share my story and give answers to people that needed it in business I felt value. I felt purpose. And so many times the real engine that can propel you through any of these, these slower times is the fact that now you have a voice that actually matters. And sometimes just mattering again is everything. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and the money is a byproduct. Right. And just being true value towards, towards everything. Yeah. I mean, cut it out. So you're going to cut out the nonsense is what you're referencing. You yep. know, cut out the bad thoughts, cut out the, the excuses. I mean, Lord, we can put on a few excuses. Well, one of the things I have a quote in the book and this is, you know, it's related to home-based businesses, but we could literally label it in your industry. And I say, at least treat your home-based business with half of the intensity as you do the current job that likely sees you as disposable. Mm-hmm. That's my quote. That's mm-hmm. mine. And I, I, I will say it proudly. But it's true. You, you have to realize that in this industry, you're not, you fire yourself. Right. And that's the beauty of this thing. You don't have to have a division closed or, or suddenly what you did for 20 years gets a box on your desk and now you're disposable. And what we have to realize is in this realm of, and I, I, I think that your business, my business, it gives people a bit more control. 
And that's what we need, especially in crazy times. You mm-hmm. just need more control. And it gives you another engine. If you have one engine on a plane, it's going down. That's scary. But if you have 10 engines on the plane, you have more control. If you have 10 legs on a table, you have more stability. And so sometimes that's what this is, is it gives you more ability to have control and sustainability. And so I just tell folks, look, if you think what's out there is going to be your answer, I'll go back to school, get another degree, do this, work another job. You're disposable. Unless you own the company, you're not disposable. Mm-hmm. Here. Well, and then real estate agents, you know, you're the CEO of your own business. So, I mean, you decide when it's start time. You decide when it's, you know, end time. You decide how much energy you're putting, you know, in, in it every day. You know, I talk a lot with loan officers. You know, they mm-hmm. they have their own stopwatch as well, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's Monday through Friday, a full-time job for me. I don't get paid to do any of that. You know, it's it's a, it's a rhythm, it's a temperature, I guess, that I set for myself. It's the tempo, it's the pace that I want to, you know, go um, at because I see that I want to be at that particular, you know, um, level. And, and it's the mindset, like you said. Well, and you guys are very unusual because for somebody to come under your guide and to learn in a safe environment that's not only cool, but you guys are relevant mm-hmm. and you care deeply, you wouldn't be having these podcasts if you didn't. You could just be behind a desk looking at spreadsheets and putting people's names on the board and who was number one for the month and then putting that in front of them the next month and say, now you got to beat that number, right? Like most businesses mm-hmm. do. You guys don't do that. You put yourself out there. You're vulnerable. You're telling your story. You're saying, these are the mistakes I made. Anybody that gives you that kind of a backdrop, you should jump on. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love seeing the the potential of somebody. It really is exciting because they don't even know um, all that they can do, you know, mm-hmm. because when they, when they, when that switch flips, oh. it is just magical, you know, it really is magical. And I see so many in my office right now that are right there, you know, that are doing all the things. Um, and then it's, it's not all about doing all the, the movements. It's, it's, it really is reminding yourself that you, you can do this through the good times and the bad times. And not to say we're navigating into bad times, it's just normal times, right? But we came off of such a high in this, our industry where you didn't have to, you know, use a little muscle. I mean, it just happened to land in your lap constantly. The lender just picked up the phone. The agent just ran to the next appointment. You know, it was just Mm -hmm. a little more easier. Now there's a little more muscle, you know, a little more dirt underneath our fingernails and things. Um, And, you know, there's so much more potential with, with so many, um, if they want it. I think it really starts with the, well, the want and, and the a, need. What does it say? A skilled sailor can still get to his destination even in contrary seas. So who cares that a couple of years ago and last year everybody was drunken on everything being relatively easy. Mm-hmm. Right? The whole industry, car industry, right? Love cars. You wouldn't even believe the car industry and the price is 140% increase, 200% increase. The secondary market, you sell a car for hundred grand new, 10 minutes later, you turn the car back around 10 miles on They sell it for $135,000, right? That's just the realm. And people were just drunk in it. Gulp, 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 gulp. Yeah. But we know that doesn't last. Sure. But how come people were wildly successful even in downturns, right? So it's, it's honestly, you can't look at anybody else. You can't look at the news. One of the healthiest things you can do is turn off the input. Yeah. I use social media for one reason. Not always, but I would say 99% of the time. Okay. It is a platform for me to speak life into people and to build my audience base. Because whatever I do in the future, quote, if you have a fan base, an audience base, you've helped enough people, doesn't matter what you do. That, uh, even in the music industry now, you guys know this, they look at fan base 
and following, and then they sign them based upon the fan base because they monetize <laughs> what they already have, rather than you're so talented. The talented are not what's right. Ha- right? It's mm-hmm. it's the f- so. Um, I use this as a platform because I know I'm going to make a difference. But I don't scroll. I don't look at all the other, you know, consultants or other companies. I used to read the top 100 DSA stats and who was mm-hmm. into what and all this. I don't pay attention to it. So if any of your teams are, are have a tendency to check everybody else out to see how they're doing, if they see somebody smiling, driving a car, going to a movie – that might be the button that pushes them, especially if they're having a tough time and saying, you see, and, they're, and then they're hyper-imposing uh, their feelings upon the, sl- the, the blip image, and now they've already defeated themselves, and there wasn't even anything real that was transacted. No, so you and then, can't watch this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, and so so true so true i mean it makes look at the us size stop of her ring. Like, look at that handbag what is that a new car what's in the background let me zoom in right. they, is that a real whatever in the house picture where are they standing nonsense that will eat you alive mm-hmm. there's a reason why the horse is in the races right they have the blinders on right i mean you have to run your own race um, and you have to do all the things for for you and your business and you have to just jump out and do um, and and because if you don't, something something you see, something someone says, you know, may timid you just a little bit. You know, you're going to go back in your shell and, and not actually perform um, in the way that allows you to be able to to launch in a forward direction. So, um, but again, it's it's a daily fight. This thing daily fight. Now it, there, it gets easier and easier because after a while you build muscle. Mm-hmm. And what used to, because remember, we're only attracted by the distraction because we're not, because we're still weak and we haven't built up fortifiers. You know, the, the definition of meekness, perfect example of meekness. I love this. Years ago, I was in my apartment and a friend of mine knocks on the door and he goes, hey, buddy, let's drive to New Orleans. I'm like, okay, didn't care about New Orleans or anything, but we did. About 30 miles down the road, he says, do you know what the definition of meekness means? He didn't say a word. And that was the first thing he said, like 30 miles in. I said, No. At this point, I probably don't. And he says, well, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth. And Jesus was meek and lowly. And he gave all the meek concepts that we mm-hmm. all know. And he goes, one of the most ancient and truest definitions of meekness is they used to meek horses for battle. And I said, oh, boy, here it comes. And he said, they would train a horse when it was little to not flinch when fire or heat or it was being struck or noise or explosions or sword clamor mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. things hitting it to the point where the horse would never do anything and they would train the horse to stare at the horizon and only feel the breath and the tenor of the rider and so when you would give a meeked horse to a ruler in the ancient world you gave them the most prized possession because a meeked horse would save that king's life and potentially the whole kingdom. And meek horses were everything. So that you, when, you, when you read that, that says, in the meek shall inherit the earth, you go, hold on a minute. It's not getting your, your cheeks slapped and laying down and rolling up. Mm-hmm. And well, if the door's closed, then I guess it must not be for me to walk in it. I think uh, Dwayne Johnson, I agree with him with some things, and I don't agree with him with other things, but I think he may be one of the greatest theologians of the of, of our century. Come with the rock? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he said, I'm being funny, but he said, he said, when I see a door closed, I kick it down, walk in, and smile at everybody. And wouldn't it be nice if we took that posture? So the or meek J-Lo shall inherit says the earth. a no is an opportunity. You know, when yes. you hear no is an opportunity. Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, you have to. You have to push through. I don't so feel true. like it. Guess it's not supposed to happen. They looked at me weird. Maybe I'm not supposed to reach. And this whole idea of business cards, I mean, look, 
people in our business and your business, it's shocking how many agents or independent consultants do not tell anybody what they do and what they offer. It's shocking. You mm-hmm. think your spouse knows. You think your kids know. You think your friends know. You think your neighbors know. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. I like to say, and this is a great open, here's a little tactic. It's not a tactic. It's just smart. Say, hey, do you even know what I do? And they go, well, aren't you into like lending or something? Or don't you do houses or something? Aren't you in skincare or whatever? Don't you speak? Really? Is that what you think? No, no, no. Here's what I do. And then you explain it to them. And suddenly now they say, well, you know, I need your help. Mm-hmm. And if we would just ask people, are you, are you familiar with what I do? I'd love to hear what you do because I'd love to know how I can maybe be aware of, your, of, of what you offer and maybe I can pass people to you. But I'd also love to share with you what I do. And Ooh. I tell you. I got a whole new strategy. It's a, it's, <laughs> nobody knows what you do because we're not telling anybody. And it's such a brilliant and simple and obvious way to do it. Well, I mean, for real estate agents, I see a whole world where you, that's going to be an opener to walk down that you're just not a real estate agent. Uh-oh, I mean, you're right. so much more that you do. Right. I mean, you, Little yeah. Dreams, Ooh, yeah. I'm excited about so, that one. That's so, good. Okay, so, and are you ready? We're going we're gonna to pack co- coliseums. Right? Okay, yeah, ready. Right. Bring it on, bring it on. Gabriel. Yes, sir. What would you do uh, right now? Again, we're, I love the direct uh, marketing arena. I love the network marketing arena, uh, whatever you want to call it. Although those are both different, of course. But um, they're so similar to real estate. Mm-hmm. It's all about networking. It's all about connecting with people. It's all about you know, learning to, you know, gathering a database of people who know, like, and trust you. You know, that's what it's about. It's mm-hmm. a fact. So knowing that you're on a platform right now speaking to real estate professionals, um, Tell me from your perspective. Again, I, I can get, I obviously can gather you have a lot of wisdom in the arena of building a business and communicating a message and a vision and and uh, being an entrepreneur yourself. What would you say? Let's say hypothetically that our industry, our real estate industry, probably our whole world, but at least our industry is going into a, a totally different market that is requiring a whole lot more personal stamina. Okay, that's my belief. Mm-hmm. We're going into an in- environment where it's going to require a whole lot more stamina. What What is it that you would direct somebody, if you were over, right now I'm responsible for about 220 real estate professionals. I care very much about each one of them. They're like family members. I mean, I, I sincerely care. If I bring somebody in an organization, I take some ownership of their future success or not. And it hurts me. When there's not, when it's not there, it hurts me. What the, the market we're going, I feel like we're going into. So I want to always try to build the right attitude, the right perspective, the right preparation, the right mental strength, and so forth. You know, to conquer. What would you do? Uh, what would you say if you were sitting, if you were in front of, which you'll, you will be in front of uh, a lot of realtors? What would you say to help them win that battle? I know cut away the crap and, mm-hmm. and those kind of things. What, what else would, would you do or what would you do if you were in that arena? I know that's a big question. Well, it's no accident that uh, many of our top earners historically came from real estate. Mm-hmm. They were agents. Mm-hmm. And so they would come into the direct sales space and shine like crazy. But on sm- much smaller transactions, I mean, you had to have thousands of people in your team mm-hmm. to create the kind of income that you can make if you're just consistent and you don't deviate in real estate. Mm-hmm. And, I w- and I would always ask, I'd say, how come you came over here and you would shine? And what they did is they allowed their, they allowed their hearts to be jaded and they thought that the greener grass was on the other side. And I would say, first and foremost, don't move a muscle 
If you think green, the grass is green on another side, another industry, another company, or another whatever, you're kidding yourself. Because when you go to get that alleged greener grass, all you're given is a bag full and a handful of seeds. Mm. See, the greener grass always starts with seeds. You think you're going to go get fully mature grass. You're not. You're going to get a bag of seeds, and then you're going to have to plant it. You're going to have to cultivate it. You're going to have to kill, get the weeds, get out the stones, get out the bugs. Amen. And eventually, you'll have your greener grass. But is it worth doing it all over again and jumping from thing to thing to thing? So my greatest advice, don't be flighty. Don't assume that greener grass is out there. It's not, because the common denominator is you. So first of all, allow yourself a moment to revisit the gift that you've been given with leadership and the industry that, you, that you're in the middle of. And just say, okay, what I didn't do enough of, what I should have done, how I compared myself, what I did yesterday, all the comparisons, turn all, take all of that and throw it in the trash can and say it's a brand new day, it's a brand new slate. So you have to, first of all, extend grace and mercy on yourself. Second of all, you cannot be deceived by the signs of the times. Um, as I said earlier, a skilled sailor can get to uh, their, their, their destination, even in contrary seas, by changing their rudder. And you'll find that in all markets, there's always people that succeed and there's people that don't. Amen. Also, we have to realize that legacy is really possible. When our, when our consultants started seeing, you know, five grand a month, 10 grand a month, 20 grand a month, 30 grand a month, 50 grand a month, 100. I mean, when, I hit, when we, we hit over 100, it's weird. 200, 300, 400, half a million dollars a month. I mean, there's people who make millions a month in the industry, but there's also people who make millions a month in real estate, in IT, in the automotive world, right? Mm-hmm. And so I always tell them, I said, listen, you have to understand that what you're putting your hand to now can create legacy. Let's talk about legacy for a minute. A righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children and for his children's children. The pattern and the standard that we should start our day with is that we are creating something that I can pass on and leave legacy to kids, whether it's through a real estate portfolio or it's sure. investments or what have you. And this industry has the capacity, again, by not being pulled on and not deviating and not thinking there's greener grass and not self-sabotage and all this stuff, you can create, and I say boldly, in a few short years, such momentum that you have something that you can pass generationally down to your family. And if, if the success is not enough for you, and that doesn't push your buttons enough, then how about setting the stage so that your future generations can have a life where they can start off far more ahead than you did? Maybe that's the button that'll push it. Sometimes people won't do something for themselves, but they'll do it for their kids, they'll do it for their grandkids, they'll do it for their spouse, they'll do it for somebody else. And so many times... You go, hold on. And, and then it shifts and you go, you know what? I can do this for me. Another, here's another uh, indicator, a little key that I always suggest. Whatever your check was last month, okay? We're talking to agents right now. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it was. We're not going to talk numbers. I just, I don't care. I want you every single month to reward yourself with something physical. It's the craziest psychology because what you'll see is people get paid, right? It's, it's. Feast or famine sometimes. They'll get paid, they'll pay everything off, and then they'll hold. And they go back, and they get paid, and they pay everything off, and they hold. No. First thing you do is you get yourself something wonderful. It might be a wallet. It might be a handbag. It might be a new watch. It might be a the bigger car. It might be something beautiful in your home. It might be. But I want you to have something with every single check that you hold in your hand and you look at because it testifies and it shouts that your actions 
do something. It can't just be in your mind. It can't just be in a bill that you pay and it's gone and you paid your utilities. You need something tangible. For the men, it might be a brand new sport coat. It might be a new leather jacket. It might be a pair of boots. It might be some, but it can't be something that you need. It needs to be something unnecessary. Because if it's unnecessary, you break all of the patterns that don't allow people to strive for more. And if you can get something that isn't necessary, for instance, when they, you ever see how kings, kings never give to each other based upon need. They give unnecessarily over and above. You go down their hall and there's a vase from such and such that's worth such and such. Why did they give that away? Because. So because you're kings, because you're queens, because you are far more valuable than you realize, I want you to start rewarding yourself. Don't just let the income be something that you do to pay the bills. And if you do that, it'll absolutely start to fortify your self-worth, and you need that because you're in business for yourself and not by yourself. Love that. This was so great, Gabriel. Thanks for being really, here. Really, that with help us. a little because I've got more. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might have to have more you come coffees. back. I've got hours yeah. of it. I love it. Well, thanks for being with us, everybody. You've been listening to the talk of Music City Real Estate. 